today we thank you this special time. And Lord, we thank you this is the day that the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given us. You know, we've been talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you know, John 16, 7, Jesus said to the disciples, because they were sorrowful, because he said, I'm going to leave you. And in the Amplified, in verse 7, it says, However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it's profitable for you, expedient to your advantage for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Close fellowship with you. It's to your advantage. See, what Jesus was saying, Derek Prince in his book on uh, uh, bought by blood, talking about the nine exchanges, he says, Derek Prince in his book noticed that Jesus was talking about an exchange of persons. It's an exchange. I've got to leave so the Holy Spirit can come. And you know, you think about John the Baptist. John the Baptist said in John 3.30 or so, he says, I must decrease and he must increase. See, John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus. But you know, John's disciples was arguing with Jesus' disciples. There was some friction going on. So what was the deal? John had to be beheaded so John's day was over. John was an exchange for Jesus. You got it? So Jesus came to do what he did for us so he could send the Holy Spirit to us. So the Holy Spirit is very valuable. The day of Pentecost was the day of the manifestation of the new covenant that he had for us. And that's why he said, I have to go so the Holy Spirit was come. You know, you think about the day of Pentecost. They were in one place. All of a sudden, the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house. And they all was filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, that was a magnificent day. Because he had already told Peter, Peter, I give you the key. I give you the key to the kingdom. And what happened on the day of Pentecost, Peter opened that key. And the Holy Spirit came. Filled the house with his glory. And that's when... They all saw them, says, these are all drunk. And said, this, these are not drunk as you suppose. Yeah, they're spiritually drunk, but not physically. Says, it's only the ninth hour of the day. It's, I mean, the third, it was nine o'clock in the morning, third hour of the day. And so <clears throat> we see it was, it was set up for the Holy Spirit to come. But the longer I've lived over these years, the more precious the Holy Spirit has become. Because what Jesus said is, I can't comfort all of you. I'm just one person. If I don't leave here, you're not all going to have the comfort of the Holy Ghost. I have to go to the Father so I can send him to you. So he can be everything that we just read for you. And that's where you got to understand. In in, In the book of Acts, I'm going totally different way than I had thought. But it's there's reasons behind everything. 
<clears throat> in Acts chapter 2, when Peter started preaching, and uh, let me just read this. I'm in Peter's sermon, uh, Acts 2.15. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seen as but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now here's a fisherman all of a sudden filled with the Holy Ghost quoting the book of Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. And on my servants and handmaids I will pour out in those days my spirit, and they will prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness before that great and notable day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever, say that's me, shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Now, if you're sitting here today and you said that's for everybody but me, no. Are you a whosoever? It's for whosoever shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you, by miracles and wonders and signs which God did in the midst of you, as you self know, him being delivered by determined counsel of foreknowledge of God you have taken, with wicked hands have crucified and slain him, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it's not possible that he should be holding of it. For David speak concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He's at my right hand that I will not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope because thou will not leave my soul in hell. Now I want you to know something. You are spirit, your soul, and your body. When Jesus died and he, he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. His spirit went to the Father. His soul went to hell. Here you go. He said, you will not leave my soul in hell. Why? Because our mind, will, and emotion is our soul. That's the thing that gives all of us the most trouble. It's that old soul. All those feelings and emotions. And he says, you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. That means that body is going to be raised. You have made known to me the way of life and you shall make full the joy in that countenance. <clears throat> Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher was with us today. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God sworn an oath to him, that by the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being at the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father the promised Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this which you see and hear. For David is not ascended into heaven, but he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your foes a footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when he had said these things, they were pricked in their heart. And Peter said to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, they said to Peter and the apostles, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent, be baptized every one of you into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're fixing to do here today. Repent. I want you to understand the word repentance means to change the way you think. See, 
You change the way you think. Your old thinking, the natural old mind, is not subject to God, neither can it be. So we've got to see what he's doing. He's doing something brand new. He says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, what's a gift? It's free. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. There's no one that's good enough to, to receive it. He gives it to you as a gift. And that's all we got to do is receive it. For the promise, see, it's the promise of his gift is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, as many as our Lord God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added to them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, and in prayer. And you know, I just wanted to share with you, I wasn't going to do this. But December 31st, 1970, at 9.30 p.m., a friend of mine asked me, if you die right now, are you going to go to heaven? I said, I don't know. And he took me through the scriptures and showed me in Romans, which says, there is none righteous, no, not one. What is none? None. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Wherefore, it's by one man, Adam, death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Every one of us born into this world is born in a sinner. And we know it. And there's no hope for us. And he says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He asked me, what do you do for a gift? You just take it. I said, okay, believe it will. The wages of sin, but the gift of, of eternal life. Jesus says, he that believeth into me hath eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Say all things. Well, you know, I was a brand new creature. But somebody forgot to tell me that he died for my old soul. My mind, will, and emotion, all those rejections, all that junk that was still in me. And I'd read 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and I said, now, wait a minute, I'm missing something here. It took me about three years of begging him and asking him what was going on. And then he showed me, he says, when I came into the world, he said, all this rejection, all this stuff that you're carrying around, you don't, I paid for all that, and you don't have a right to hold that anymore. I've died so you can have a new mind, a new will, a new emotion. And he showed me in the garden where he said, now is my soul troubled even unto death. And he poured out Isaiah 53, 10, 11, and 12 says, it pleased God to crush Jesus to make his soul an offering for sin. And he says, because he poured out his soul unto death, his mind, his will and emotion. And he sweated, as it were, great drops of blood. So in the garden is where Jesus died, so you can have a new mind, new will, new emotion. You with me? And then, you know, he went to the whipping post where he was beaten severely. Because by his stripes, according to Isaiah 53, we are healed. He died for our physical body to be healed. On the cross, when he died their spirit, the garden, his soul, and he was beaten so we could have an exchange of body one of these days. 
And that same spirit, it says, that dwell in you, dwells, that dwell in Christ, dwell in you, it will make alive your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. And that's why Peter was saying, it's time for a fresh start. At 2 Corinthians 5, 17, in the message, it says, you get a fresh start. See, old has passed away and all become new. Well, religion tells you you have to be good. You have to work harder. You've got to please God. Hopefully you'll make it. No. The scripture says these things are written to you that know that you may have eternal life. You may know that you have eternal life. I want to tell you, this is the 50th year. I haven't backslidden one day. There's nothing to backslide to. See, this is a whole, I wouldn't trade all of this for all of that. There's nothing to go back to. That's why I'm telling you, you have a brand new start with the Lord. And that's why baptism is so important. What's the purpose of baptism? Baptism and repentance delivers us from all that belongs to that old man. Resurrection, when you're raised up. See, this is a grave. I wish somebody told me this when I got baptized. Don't y'all? This is a grave. Now, when somebody dies, what do we do? We bury them. See, the Bible says in Romans 6, we were crucified with Christ. When Christ died on the cross, he didn't die for himself. He died for us. Amen? So when he was buried, I was buried. When I went to the grave, he went to the grave. When he ascended, I ascended. And I'm seated together with him right now in heavenly places. But the pattern in the book of Acts is repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost. There's your order. It'll never change. Now, you can have water baptism before you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or you get the Holy Ghost first, and then go through water baptism. We've seen that in the book of Acts. But they can happen together. But that's why baptism is where we get rid of the old life. Uh, I've got it written down here. Uh, Let me see here if I can find it. Helping me, Jesus. Colossians. All right. I know where I'm going. In the Amplified. We ain't up, are we? Okay. Uh, I wanted to read Colossians chapter 2. Where are you, Colossians chapter 2? Well, let's just do it in King James. I hate to. I like to Amplify it. Huh? Yeah. Colossians 2.12. Here we go. Buried with him in baptism. See, when you go down, that's the purpose. You're being buried with him. Where also you're risen with him through the faith of operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened, quickened, made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us and was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing them over them in it. And then that's what you see. When he was crucified, that old corrupted nature was crucified and put off with him, never to be raised up again. Okay, you got that? 
And that's why we're here today to see the baptism. You know, Scripture says, uh, uh, he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, except a man be born again, born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's that new birth experience of receiving Christ. Except the man be born of the water, and it was talking about water, and the Spirit together, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So that's the entrance into the kingdom of God. That's what this, is, this whole thing's all about, is entering into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And that's where we see water baptism is so important. Water baptism, uh, here it is. Let me read it. I was looking at the wrong page. Colossians 2, 11 and 12, and Amplified. Now listen to this. In Christ you were also circumcised with the circumcision performed by Christ by stripping off the body of flesh. That whole corrupt carnal nature. That whole corrupt carnal nature. That's that old self. See? And you see, and with its passions and lusts, thus you were circumcised when you were buried with him in baptism, in which also you were raised up to a new life through your faith in God, working and displayed when he raised Christ up from the dead. Hallelujah. There you go. Resurrection life is what he's given to us when we are raised to walk in that newness of life with him. Amen? So that's what we're here to do today. We're going to do a lot of baptisms. But I wanted you to understand what it's all about. I wish somebody explained it to me. I thought it was joining the church. Well, you can't join the church because Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the, we are the body of Christ and members one of another. And but here you go. By one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is the main thing. He's the one that sets us in. And he says, we was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why this is so important for you to understand. Repent, change the way you think, be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost. And now what does the Holy Ghost do? He brings you into a way where you can understand all that he's done for you. Uh, let me get this other page here. You know, when he says, where we at? We're getting close. Out of heck with all those notes. I wouldn't use them anyhow. So, but this can be a glorious day for you. And, you know, like I said, I've never regretted one minute of it. It's been 50 years this year. 50 years. Say happy birthday, Pastor. Happy birthday. Belly, belly, have a drink. But, but uh, what I want to do, there's a lot of people that get born again. They get a new spirit when they receive Jesus because whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. But they still, their mind, will, and emotion, their soul, they've never, they have the new soul, but they've never received it into their life. And so I wanna, what I want to do is I want to take you through a prayer where you get every bit of it. I'm telling you, he died so you could be whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you have a new mind, new will, new emotion to serve him with. So pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for all my sins and to cleanse me from it. 
And Lord Jesus, I know in the garden, you died for this old me. That's not good for anything. You took it all on yourself. My mind, will, and emotion. So you could give me your mind. Your mind, your will, your emotion. Abundant life. And Lord Jesus, you said in your word, you give me a new heart. And Lord, right now I receive that new heart. And a new spirit. And you'll take away the stony heart. And you'll give me a heart of flesh. And you'll put your Holy Spirit within me. And cause me to walk in your ways. I want the Holy Spirit too. And Lord Jesus. You took all those stripes. On your body. So I can be healed. I thank you Lord Jesus. You paid for me, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for eternal life. In Jesus' name. Amen.